my spooky friends. I'm John, your host of Dairyland Frights, and welcome to another episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. And again, I, I don't know what I do to deserve this, but I have another great special guest with me, very special guest, Rissa. Welcome. Thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Rissa. Uh, and, um, then we're going to be having some great time to ask her some questions because she has such a great, um, expense, expansive, excuse me, maybe expensive, uh, <laughs> uh, history, knowledge of the paranormal, including ghosts, witchcraft, cryptids. So she is a living and breathing Google or encyclopedia for my old school fans. Uh, <laughs> so let's get into a little bit about her. Um, so her storytelling, her storytelling, excuse me, expertise stems from extensive research into the area of esoteric history, which again, when I've had Cynthia from the Netherlands, um, my practicing witch, remember esoteric history has to deal usually with paranormal, the occult, but not all the time, but she also, uh, as includes ghosts witchcraft, which we'll talk about today, cryptids, and folklore. So Rissa believes that the most enduring stories teach us not only about humanity's past, but also give us reason to reflect on our own present beliefs and realities. She often leads, on top of this, she also leads ghost tours and gives lively history talks. So, again, welcome to uh, the podcast. And what I want to ask you first, that I asked mm -hmm. all my guests is what interested you in the history, the, the paranormal, so on and so forth? What interested you in that? Honestly, I think I was kind of born into it, Sean. Um, okay. <laughs> I can't remember a time when it wasn't part of my world. Um, as a little girl, I had a lot of really interesting uh, paranormal experiences. I I remember seeing ghosts, being able to interact mm. with them, and not being told that it was wrong or abnormal, oh, sure. uh, that I was uh, just experiencing a part of the world as it is. And I realized that that's not the story most people have about their parents. My parents were amazing about that, though. Nice. So I, you know, I became very used to thinking that that was regular life. And... Uh, it, it never really changed. It just kind of always stuck with me. And, you know, I went on my very first ghost tour in a town in England called York, England. Uh, it's a nice. city with a wall around it. Uh, yeah. Lots of fascinating history there. I, my parents took me on my first ghost tour when I was eight years old. And, eight. you know, eight. <laughs> I, nice. I absolutely, well, I wasn't scared. I had not been taught to be fearful about ghosts mm -hmm. or history. Um, it is my firm belief that those things are taught. We are taught to be afraid of those things. Yeah. And um, I feel like because I approached it very differently from the beginning, I don't approach it with fear now. And yeah. uh, I also don't approach things with a lot of superstition. I think superstition is fascinating. And yeah. I studied it a lot. I, I give talks about it. I I don't personally practice a ton of superstition in my own life. So uh, that just eliminates the need for a lot of fear. 
So all of that said, you know, it's just always been around. It's always been part of who I am. And yeah. uh, it seems as natural to me to lean into these um, kind of mysterious topics that some people think of as dark and I think of as simply part of the human experience. When we look at the reality of being alive, there has to be dark to go with the light. Mm -hmm. It's part of what makes us complete. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, that's what I always get a lot from my guests is they kind of grew up with it. They made a mom or a dad that was very um, into the paranormal one way or another, right? Or they lived in a haunted house. I have many mm -hmm. of my guests on who lived in a haunted house. I have two uh, guests on recently from the UK, and they talk about, you know, the rich history and and really all the different things that they look at differently in the UK because they grew up around it. So you grew up around castles, right? You grew up the mystery of ghosts, of the mystery of the paranormal. It was just right, right out your door, right? You walk out your door. Oh, there's the Tower of London, <laughs> or there's a castle, or there's like a street which Jack the Ripper was on, or there's a there's where the Beatles recorded, you know, on Abbey Road, or you know, and it's just normal, right? You just walk out, and that's sometimes in bigger cities you might get that, but typically, like me who live in a small town, don't really get that. But my mom was she would share with me. She read, <laughs> which I thought was always funny. My spooky friends know this. My mom would read books on serial killers, Ed Gein, uh, you know, all the big ones, Jack the Ripper. And when I would ask my mom, she would not like be like, ooh, no, 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 you don't need to see this. She'd be like, what do you want to know? You know, and she would tell me, walk me through that. So mm -hmm. I kind of learned through that too as, as well, right? You kind of grew up with that. So tell me. When's the first time, if you can remember, your first, like, profound paranormal experience? Did you remember the age and what it was about? Profound? Um, yes. Yeah. I, 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 I think, <laughs> well, you know, because uh, I'm going back really far into my childhood here. Um, sure. Probably being able to remember in dreams a past life. And that mm. happened, it was one of my very first memories. Mm. So that goes way back into my very early childhood. And I still have some of the same memories today. I have yeah. gone under regressions to try to sort it out, to try to understand yeah. what happened, which was okay. actually very helpful in, uh, you know, reconciling it. But yeah, I would say that was probably the most, the earliest and it's still among the most profound that I have experienced. So can you share a little bit about that? You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's okay. Yes, I can remember a death. I can oh. remember how I died. I Wow. Uh, I It was a different time, a different place. I, I was in the form of a man, and I was forced mm. to walk a plank. And I sank because there were weights tied to my feet. Oh. And um, I remember going down through the water and the weight of the water crushing in and I couldn't breathe. And I remember oh the, the drowning. And wow. um, in the regression, I found out that I had actually been a thief in that life. And um, Shame <laughs> I, on was you. Being, I, I, <laughs> I was being punished for my crimes. Oh, wow. And uh, that was um, my <laughs> that was how they chose to punish me. 
Oh wow, that is that is fascinating. I mean, it, that it's is very fascinating, especially because as a child, I didn't have the. Yeah. I wasn't in a place where I would have understand what a ship was or what tropical fish mm-hmm. were, but mm-hmm. I knew what they were. I knew yeah. without so, having ever seen them. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's, that leads me to one of my guests too, uh, is doing a different type of service for uh, therapy that I never heard of before. And God bless her. If this works, she's trying to develop a paranormal therapy for people who uh-huh. have not how do you say? Like, they, they haven't dealt with the paranormal processed? experience. They yeah, yeah. Processed and, and right, yeah. right. So you're like eight years old. You see a ghost walk through your walls. You're scared out of your wits. And you carry that forever, right? And you don't have no one you can talk to because, you know, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. You're eight years old. There's a ghost going through there. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And you carry that. And that weighs on you, and that extends to your life, and extends to absolutely everything you live with. So you learn self doubt. You learn yeah. not to trust yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm and very lucky that that, that wasn't my on. lucky that that wasn't my story because I, think yes. I wasn't taught to doubt myself in that way. And yeah, yeah. you know, as a ghost tour guide, it is surprising how many people go to a ghost tour just because they want someone to talk to that will give them their a a willing listen some compassion about whatever their paranormal experience is in all of the years i've been doing this i have heard stories about ghosts stories about cryptids stories about ufos people who are just sort of lingering around at the end of the tour saying hey do Mm -hmm. you have a minute or they send me an email afterwards I have dozens and dozens and dozens of these stories from people that they say, oh, my family doesn't believe. And these are adults, mm-hmm. too. Uh, right, right. My, my family doesn't believe me. My wife thinks I'm crazy. My husband thinks I'm crazy. My mm-hmm. kids think I'm crazy. My colleagues laughed at me. And I'm like, first of all, you're in the majority. According yeah, yeah. to USA Today's survey, the majority of people living in the United States have had a paranormal experience and or believe it. So the yeah. fact that your your colleagues and friends say that you're crazy, it's because they've been conditioned and taught to say that, not because yeah. it's where they actually believe. So, Absolutely. you know, and the very next thing I would say after that is, you know, podcasts like this, like what you're doing, John, it's so important to normalize the conversation, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. to really put it out there as, yes, this this is something that happens in our world. We don't have a scientific explanation for it. Right. But you know, there was a time not that long ago, we did not have a scientific explanation for weather either. But yes. here we are. We now understand Absolutely. weather. You know, so Absolutely. it's kind of like, I, I feel like eventually we will be sophisticated enough in science to understand the things that we don't yet. But in the meantime, it's really important not to tear people down and yeah. to say they did or didn't experience Absolutely. something when quite honestly, I, I know that they know what they saw. They know what yeah. they heard. And Absolutely. it's, I think it's, it's important to offer respect and compassion in those situations. Yes, absolutely. And it's no different from maybe being in a car accident or or watching someone you love die in front of you. It's a traumatic experience. I get it. And but people just, you know, they have weird ways of dealing with it. And yeah. uh and I think like I said, it goes into their lives and and just can, can cause problems. 
especially relationship problems. Yeah, it it definitely does. I've definitely seen that. And the folks that stay to talk to me after my ghost tours or they're reaching out later and Mm -hmm. or or they are they have an active haunting and they don't understand it. They don't understand what it wants. They don't know how to talk to it. And, you know, I can't I can't help in every situation, but I always offer assistance as best I can. And if I can't, I'm like, you need a medium. Here are some names, Mm -hmm. you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to get into now the spooky stuff and the fun stories and the scary stories and whatever else stories we have today, because they're going to be great for my audience to have somebody like you so well-rounded in it. Um, I will. So uh, all my spooky friends, I will share Rissa's, uh, her social media, YouTube, whatever she has in my story notes uh, in the episode. So you can see them and please visit her. Uh, and you know, uh, interact with her if she's okay with that. Oh, that'd and, be great. Uh, yeah. And you know, we'll have some good time. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss a number of topics. Okay. And I have a bunch of questions for you. Great. <laughs> and Let's they do will it. Cover magic in the occult, uh, some ghost stories, maybe some cryptic stories. I love history. I love talking about it. And then we'll also talk about witchcraft and some of the different things associated with that. I know uh, you read tea leaves. Is that correct? I do. do? Okay. I do. Could you explain a little bit what that means to my to my audience? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. you know, um, I'm I'm so sorry. I don't have a teacup ready. <laughs> oh, it's okay. That's okay. I I I uh, okay. It is a form of divination, and it's actually a form of scrying. Scrying is one of the more esoteric families of divination. It's basically mm. the act of gazing into something. And uh, most people, mm. when I say scrying, they imagine the you know the cliche fortune teller with the crystal ball. So that's not exactly what I do, nor is it exactly what anybody else does either. Um, That's another one of those um, popular cliches that doesn't have a lot of weight behind it. Uh, Not when you know the history. Right. So tea leaves, um, the the origin of tea leaf reading is is really ancient. Um, It goes back into times BC. Now, nobody knows if it originated in Asia or if it originated in the Middle East because mm. it was actively done in both places, but it's past recorded history when it started. So basically you put least loose tea or coffee grounds into a cup, you drink the cup of tea, and then you turn it and you look at the patterns on the cup or the saucer, depending how mm. you do it. So right. from that point, um, you, as the tassiographer, the person who reads the leaves, you have a set of symbols that you already have committed to memory. Um, and that takes, I say that casually, but it takes a long time to get to that place. I started sure. when I was 16 and, wow. um, I have been reading for over 30 years now and, right. uh, it changes all the time. Your symbols get updated. Your symbols can change. Um, mm-hmm. and as you learn and go through life, your symbol, um, vocabulary keeps getting bigger. So that said, um, you read the leaves in symbols and put them together in context of the querent's question or what's going on in their life. Does that does that answer make sense to you? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And what is what do you what is the outcome? Like meaning, like with tarot cards, people want to know: Am I going to die soon? Am I going to meet oh my new boyfriend? <laughs> you know what I mean? Some okay. crazy things they want to know. And you're like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. You know, hold well, on. Generally you know? speaking. Um, so 
you know, I'm I'm super nerdy, John. And over the pandemic so in 2020, <laughs> when all the colleges were offering free classes and all the big universities, Harvard University's uh, Ancient Religions Department offered a history of divination. I took it because I was like, nice. I'll never get a chance to take a free yeah, class from Harvard not. again, ever. Yeah. And yeah, I, they it's not free anymore. I could tell you for sure. So um, <laughs> when I was studying that in that in that course, uh, they said, and my own experience reflects this: the number one question asked of any diviner is about relationships, usually yeah. love or partnerships, sometimes parent-child. Um, mm. The second most common is about money. And oh, the variations on that could be like career education, but money and relationships are what everybody mm-hmm. mostly wants to know about. I yeah. do occasionally get questions about health. I do occasionally get questions about people's pets. Um, I do nice. get questions about people's spiritual path. This happened actually a lot in 20, 2020, 2021. A lot of people, this mm. is a, a funny thing to say, started really questioning their faith. Because the oh, world was going through this collective right. trauma and loss yeah. and serious grief. And people were like, how could my faith let down the world this yeah. way? Right. And uh, it was really fascinating. I actually, during that time, did a tarot reading for a former nun who, because of the pandemic, left mm. her faith. Um, wow. It was quite oh. it was quite an honor to, to, to be her first yeah. in, reading in her life. And she was in her 70s. Yeah, and yeah. Um, she said, you know, I've always wanted to do this. And now that I have yeah. left the church, I could come do this. And yeah, she yeah. goes, I could see there's nothing wrong with it. And there never was. Never was. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, so, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, what is the, my first question for you, what is you think the number one, because this is a great segue, misconception about divination and I'm going to throw witchcraft in there. What do you think is the number one thing where where you get all the time where it's a misconception? You have to correct people and say, hey. I'm going to answer those two things in two separate ways. So the number one misconception about divination is that all diviners are psychics. Or I'm sorry, that Mm. all psychics are mediums. Not all psychics are mediums. All mediums Mm. are psychic. But not all psychics are mediums. Not all of us talk to the dead. Not all of us Mm. have an open channel to... um, speak specifically to people's ancestors some Mm. do now if you get on netflix and watch tyler henry it seems like he has a direct line (laughs) Um, it's amazing he has an amazing gift and he's not the only one uh there's um a native uh man who is canadian and he Mm. has a show on pbs called spirit talker and Mm. of course his name is slipping my uh sean leonard sean leonard is an amazing medium and mm. he works within the structure of his native faith. It is an amazing television show. And I hope some of your listeners will check it out because it's a okay. very different perspective on mm. a medium than what you might expect. Mm-hmm. So that said, uh, not not all psychics, not all diviners are mediums. That's probably the number one misconception. Mm-hmm. And the number one misconception about witchcraft. <laughs> wow, which one is number one? That's a good question. Um, either that's, oh gosh, I don't know. The, the media has twisted the perception of witchcraft right. so heavily over time. Yes. Um, yes. And I don't just mean the modern media. I mean even uh, so, media in since the 1600s, even yeah. even the even since then. Um, yeah, even innocent people have died over it. 
Thousands of innocent people have died. Thousands of innocent people have died. Men, women, children, and animals. Yeah. Yeah. Many, many thousands of lives because of superstition and misinformation about what witches are or are not. Um, You know, I'm going to go with, I'm tossing back and forth between that all witches are, are trying to act upon evil or that all witches are involved with the devil. And let me, let me deal with each one of those separately. So the idea of the devil is a Christian construct. There is no devil in many Mm -hmm. other pictures of faith. And Mm -hmm. most witches that I know, whether they are pagan or witches or Wiccans, they, they don't have the devil as part of their pantheon of worship. It's just not Mm -hmm. there because it's Christian. And yeah. it's interesting that so many people think witches are affiliated with the devil when it's not even on their radar. Mm-hmm. It's not that that mm-hmm. particular, um, what do you want to call it, um, system of belief has nothing yeah. to do with what they're doing at all. Yeah. And so they're certainly not worshiping the devil because he's not even part of their system. Right. So that's a fascinating misconception that was purposefully started uh, during the burning times, um, gosh, who knows exactly when it started? Probably the 1300s in Europe. Yeah. Um, that was sort of the time when, uh, right before the Hammer of Witches was published, um, yeah. and people decided to go, people, Catholics decided to go after yes. witches as their villain du jour now if you peek back into history before that uh jews the jewish folks were their villain du jour and um when they were done with them they decided to go after witches and the witch hunts lasted for unfortunately centuries um it was it was uh it was like the 1800s till i'm sorry till the united states had their very last witch trial so Mm -hmm. i mean we we embraced it here too. The colonials brought that same fear with them. It was definitely right. a learned fear because, you yeah. know, the idea of what witchcraft is, a nature-based faith, predates all mainline religions that are currently practiced on this planet. So mm-hmm. how can we come from that perspective and um, get get it so twisted? I, I don't know. And like I said, right. it's a nature-based faith system that doesn't involve the Christian pantheon of characters Mm -hmm. so that said the devil is irrelevant in the conversation and yet there he is all the time there he is right there hanging around the corner yeah Um, i'm like seriously what what is what is the story with him like he's not even supposed to be here he's he's in the wrong show so um the other one that all witches are evil well i would have to argue that all people have the capacity to do evil no matter what faith or how Mm -hmm. they identify yep and it, you don't have to be a witch or a villain to do no. evil. Evil is subjective. <laughs> right. You know, you and I might know what we think evil is, but our, our, our gauge on that might be totally different than the next person or from each other. So I think that saying witches are out to do evil literally makes no sense. A lot of people who die during the witchcraft trials were people who were healers. Um, or were people whose only crime was being a single woman in the wrong place at the wrong time, um, or yeah. being a woman who owned land and didn't want to marry some guy to give him her yep. land, and right. he had her put to death for witchcraft. Yeah. So that wasn't doing evil on the woman's part. That, honestly, right. let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was doing Absolutely. evil. 
I mean, not that it's my particular cause to judge people, but there was evil doing, but I don't think it was by the women. Absolutely. And you know, the the thing is, when I had uh, Cynthia, who is a practicing witch from the Netherlands, Mm -hmm. she even told me people still look at her like she's strange, like she's different. But she says because of her beliefs uh, in witchcraft and other magic, she feels stronger. She feels like she can be like, yeah, I'm strange, I'm weird, and I'm okay with that. Now, how many people out there in today's world would <laughs> love to be like, yeah, I'm weird, I'm strange, I'm cool with it? No, what they do is they hide it, right? They hide it, and then they, and right. then they say like, well, actually, I'm a super nerd, but I don't want anybody to know that. I'm <laughs> like, why? What? Right? And no, she, I- she gets... You think power from that. She gets the power of, so she has like spell jars and she does certain ceremonies and she gets the power from that to not only help people, but to help herself. I think that's amazing. I'm totally in favor of that. And, you know, I feel like whatever works for people to feel more empowered to be themselves, do more of that, you know, especially if. If by helping yourself, you're also helping others, what, what's, mm-hmm. I can see literally no problem with that whatsoever. You know, I feel like a lot of the fear that we're taught to have about anybody who's different than us or other, if you will, other, yeah. um, it, it is all fear-based belief. And mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, uh, the idea that someone can feel comfortable in their own skin and mm-hmm. feel at peace with who they are, that's amazing. And, you know, it's a, it's a great goal to shoot for because Absolutely. we don't live in a society where that's a particularly easy thing yeah. to do anymore. No, I don't know no, if it ever was. I mean, I can't no, remember in my all. past lives if, if that was easy for me or not then. But um, <laughs> all of that said, I, I do feel that if a, any person who wants to identify as a pagan or a witch or mm-hmm. a druid or, you know, any of these, Faiths that get clumped into witchcraft because mm-hmm. uh, right. they're all very different. They're they're very yeah. different from each other, and yet they yeah. all get like sort of shoved in the same box. Like we don't yeah. shove um, <laughs> we don't shove the other mainline religions in the same box, and yet these are. No. So it's it that's another that's another whole discussion. Yeah. But yeah. that said, you know I think that if it is what sings to your soul, go with that. Yeah. Obviously you know, always be on the safe side if you live in a society where these things are frowned upon. So for Mm -hmm. example, in Pennsylvania, I don't know if you know about this, there is a Mm -hmm. young woman the police went after very recently uh, because she's doing illegal tarot card readings because tarot (laughs) card reading and love spells are still illegal in the state of Pennsylvania. Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) And um, they actually, in a different part of Pennsylvania, actually prosecuted someone in April of this year for illegal tarot card reading. And she had to pay a fine and go to court. So, oh, you know, that fear is still with us. We, yes. as yeah. as Americans, we have not moved yeah. on. We have no. not gotten over. No. And also, let's talk about the freedom of religion. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Let's Let's talk about that for a minute. It's like freedom for yeah. some and not for all. Well, yeah, I, right. How's I that thought work? that was the whole point of the col- the colonists coming here yeah. was so that they could equally embrace freedom of religion for others and yeah. as well as themselves. And yeah, here yeah. we are 
this this country that was founded based on the principles of freedom and others still are not free to practice their faith yeah i don't get that at all i i don't either and that's a whole new episode podcast (laughs) that we could do (laughs) but i'm gonna get it i'm gonna ask you some questions about some (laughs) magic and the occult so uh again this might get a little dark territory so if you got the kitties listening to this in the car, uh, you might want to have them put on your headphones. If you're listening to this and it, it, if it upsets you or something, that's okay. Skip ahead. Uh, we will be talking about other subjects. So my first question for you is there are a number of different magics, but predominantly the magics that come up with witchcraft is, and this is always in the movies and everything, they take it too far. Uh, black magic and white magic. And so let me ask you this. Is that something, Rissa, that you categorize when you're talking about witchcraft? Like, how do you categorize witchcraft? Is it something like, again, left-hand magic, right-hand magic, folk magic, high magic? I mean, like, all these different categories, mm-hmm. right? How do you mm-hmm. view that? Like, how do you explain to someone who goes, oh, that's black magic. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> right? You know, please don't curse me. Right. Turn me into a toad. <laughs> Whatever, right? Yeah, so I'd just like okay. to hear your thoughts on that. So so let's jump in on that. So this mm-hmm. is going to go right back to the... So the folk magic and high magic are different. So let, let me put that out there first. So okay. the idea of white and black magic. So I don't even like to use those words anymore because they feel... Honestly, they feel so racist. But, um, and I know that is not what the origin of those words are, but especially as we're coming into a more educated Mm -hmm. time and trying to be more inclusive, I don't even use those phrases because Mm -hmm. they, they imply that white is good and black is bad. And I I really don't like that. I'm not on board with that as an individual. Now, from a historical perspective, yeah, there's something behind that, but, um, and, you know, one of the places you could take that all the way back is to, like, the dark and light fae. So mm. the dark fae were tricksters. They did things like steal your babies and leave a changeling. Mm. Um, they they were always kind of up to no good, whereas the light fae, like, you know, dined on flower nectar and might make a wish come true for you. Maybe, <laughs> if they felt like it. Maybe. Right. Maybe not. But um, all of that said, the idea of good and bad is so subjective. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, quite frankly, there are probably people out there that <laughs> if if a witch turned them into a toad and set them aside in a terrarium, it might be good for all of us. But um, <laughs> I, who am I to judge? But, right, right, um, right. you know, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, <laughs> this is all about a fear of power. And um, the idea that one magic might be stronger than the other is mm-hmm. is kind of what this is about and the means by which that is uh attained are you working mm-hmm. with spirit entities who have like you know they're they're from the underworld or are you working with spirit mm-hmm. entities that are land spirits or are you working mm-hmm. with gods or goddesses or angels there's so many questions when you are looking Absolutely. at how a witch or practitioner or wiccan or pagan is going to do their spell work now, there's, like I said, there, there's so many, so many different paths that you can speak about with this. And, yeah. you know, I wouldn't say there's any one blanket way to, to talk about it. You can't say all mm-hmm. blood magic is dark. It's not. 
Some we could right. use blood magic to try to help someone who's sick. That mm-hmm. that's not dark at all. You know, yeah. that's that's a kind and compassionate thing to do. So yeah. it, and it's kind of like how the media portrays voodoo. Voodoo right. is an actual faith. It is practiced by thousands of people all over the country and, of course, right. all over Latin America. There are variations of voodoo that have spread across the world. And to assume that it is just folks who are trying to make zombies and sticking pins in dolls is incredibly dismissive and right. very simplistic. It yeah. is not about that at all. It is yeah. not what voodoo is. And yeah. anybody who portrays it that way still in this day and age really needs to spend a little more time doing their research and understanding the complexity of the faith and the way yeah. they venerate their ancestors and what voodoo dolls are actually for. Because the way they show it in movies, that's not my understanding from talking to practitioners <laughs> right. of what it's actually yeah, yeah. all about. Yeah. So, you know, I think when we picture the witch, you know, we either pick nowadays, of course, we picture the Harry Potter witches and they right. draw a very distinct line between good and evil in Harry Potter. Um, and I think a lot of that, again, is to do with how those people are using power. Mm. Are they using power right. to aid themselves or are they using power to aid the greater good? Mm-hmm. So it comes down to that same question. Like, yeah. what are you using the power you have for? And we could ask that to any non-magical person as well. Right. You know, what right. are you using your power for? Are you using right. it to to go to some greedy end? Or are you using it to go to towards the greater good for yourself as well as others? So when you look at the dark and light of magic, you're looking at the dark and light of what humanity can and cannot do as mm-hmm. a species. And it is really as simple as... Who are you with or without magic before you add magic into the equation? And people have always feared those with more power, those that can do more than they can do, which is one reason that witches have always scared people. You know, the idea that somebody has this mystical gift, I guess, you know, you can say the same thing about diviners too. Sure. Um, if somebody has this gift that you don't understand, it's intimidating. Yeah. You immediately yeah. are like, I don't get it. And they become right. like the other, the word I used a moment ago, other, they become other. Yeah. So, so I that was a, a really question. long answer to your question. Oh. No, no, no. That's great. I love it. I love it. So let me ask you, has anyone come to you and said, Rissa, can you help me with this? Uh, maybe it's a big thing. Maybe it's like, uh, I want to, you know, make more money to put a down payment on a house or, you know, there's this bad person in my neighborhood and I want to get rid of them. Has anybody (laughs) asked you an extreme thing? Like, you know, really extreme where you went like, okay, wait, hold on. So the most extreme question I've personally gotten. Yeah. I th- I think is you know can you come get rid of my ghost? Um, oh. Can you can you rehome my spirit entity that's in the house? And yeah. um, I always try to help as much as I can in those yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. So if if they're local to me, I can go in person. Otherwise, I have to give them the best possible instructions that I can from a distance. Yeah. Um, nobody's ever asked me to help them win the lottery. Um, oh, that's you know, what I was going to ask too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nobody's ever helped me to do, uh, asked me to do that or, or helped me to do it actually. But, yeah, come um, on. 
Yes, nobody's helped me to do that either. <laughs> Come on, um, what are we but doing? You know, here? I think I think the question you're asking also is a lot of times people ask about manifesting is the Correct. word about yeah, manifesting you. money or manifesting a new love or manifesting yeah. a new house or manifesting yeah. someone to buy the house they're in so they can get out mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that uh, that's a huge topic, and mm-hmm. manifesting is complicated. And also, also individual. Mm. So, you know, the way that it might be that you need to manifest, or not you, say some other person needs to manifest their their financial dream is to reconcile things from their past that they haven't quite dealt with yet. And they could be um, transgressions against other people. They could be financial transgressions, Um, you know, but one of the best ways to start moving forward is to lighten the load that you're dragging behind. Mm-hmm. And this is again my personal experience, right? Yeah. So, right. and then you know, if you want to switch it around and say it's about relationships, well, like what unresolved thing is still hanging behind you, right. and you're right. not able to meet that fantastic new person because mm-hmm. you're still dragging around the baggage. You keep right. seeming to meet the same person in a different, right. a different form. Well, yeah. it's something that you need to look at and really examine. Like, why do you keep yeah. selecting the same person? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and again, this this isn't necessarily an all magical thing. This can be a mundane thing. This can yeah. be a I need to work with a therapist thing or I need to spend more mm-hmm. time journaling thing. Um, right. There's a lot of facets to manifesting and they're yeah. not they're not all magical. Some of them are completely mundane. Yeah. And have you ever told someone like, Hey, look, I'm going to try my best to help you with this, but you need to, you know, do this or that rather than, yeah, (laughs) yeah, because that's what a lot of psychics, what they want to do, unfortunately, is just keep milking people and, oh, you know, it's this and it's that. Oh, give me another 500 bucks and I'll tell you if you're going to meet that perfect husband or wife or partner or whoever, right? Well, first of all, I don't (laughs) charge $500 for readings. Um, okay, and there you go. I I really like to know that when folks walk away from a reading with me, that they have the information to create an action plan. I think an mm. action plan in life is key. Love that. No matter what your goal is, if you don't yeah, take steps in real life, it's yeah. not going to happen. You can't no. put a wish out there like I really want to meet an amazing partner and then literally sit on your sofa and watch TV. You're not going to meet someone on your sofa, you know, you're, you're going to have to actively do something. And, um, you know, there's a million ways to go about it. You know, I, have heard people say, well, I don't like dating apps. Well, neither do I, I I don't use them and nobody else has to either. If they don't want to, you do what's right for you, but you've got to do something. You can't just like sit there and be like, you know, I'm going to sit here in this chair and you know, a million dollars is going to come. Right. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. That's refreshing. I, That's refreshing that you say that. I think an action plan is key in life. And if what you mm-hmm. want to do is be a famous actor or actress, you're going to need an action plan. You need to get yeah. out there. You need to get yeah. seen. What is your right. action plan? Yeah. So yeah, I love that's, that. That's, that's what I like to leave people with when they're done with their reading. Whatever it was they were looking for, how can we make it go forward? That is so refreshing. Uh, Rissa, I love that. Um, so you mentioned about ghosts mm-hmm. and you are a ghost tour. So we're going to switch topics here a little okay. bit. Uh, one of the things I would like to know 
is you talked about someone coming to you and saying, ah, I got this ghost, I got this spirit, whatever entity in my house, I want to get rid of it. Could you tell people like a, a story? Obviously, you don't have to name names. But could you, you tell a story about something related to that where it's, wow, you know, that's kind of spooky or scary or at least interesting, obviously. I've got the happened. perfect story. I've perfect. got the perfect one, John. Love right. it. So I'm going to start by saying that I don't think all ghosts or spirit entities need to be ejected from the home. No. Um, some of them um, want to be there because it's their home too, or they're your yeah. family. Uh, and maybe not necessarily like the family you know, maybe they're an ancestor or a spirit guide. So sure. in those cases, I think it's totally fine if they share space with you. You just have to learn to be okay with them. Mm, okay. <laughs> now, that's not always the case. So I'm going to mention, right. um, I'm going to tell the story of um, a woman who I helped clear her space. And uh, some people call this a house blessing. Some people call it a space clearing, whatever works for you. So I got to her space and she was having incredible anxiety every time she came home. She felt like she was being Mm. watched. Um, Mm. So I got into her space and I immediately felt like, like I feel feel like yucky. Something's yucky here. And there was Mm -hmm. a, it was a beautiful old apartment, great old building. So, I'm not I'm not a medium, but sometimes I I, I sure. can hear. Um, sometimes I can be clear audience, and I I could immediately hear the spirit in her house. Yeah. I I said, does you know does the name George mean anything to you? And she said, mm. yeah, that was the man who lived here before me. And mm. I said, oh, guess what? He's still here. Oh, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So George was still there and George was a total creeper and he was watching Mm. her sleep and bathe and go to the bathroom. And, uh, she said it, it, she felt like people didn't really want to come to her home. And there, there were just, I mean, her, her pet was uncomfortable. Um, there were, there was every sign of an entity who really was just not the best. So Mm. I was able to interact with George. We did, um, we did clear the space physically, uh, there are several ways to do that. You can use bells, you can use sage or other herbs to burn. Um, you know, like I said, there's lots of ways to go about it. And um, I, I helped her figure out how she would maintain her boundaries in the space clearing situation. And uh, George agreed to leave. But I, I asked him if he would actually leave the whole building because it was a building <laughs> of all women. Wow. Yeah, it was a space that was just all apartments for women and uh, female identifying people. And I, I was just like, George, it'd be mm. really great if you could find somewhere else to be besides watching these ladies yeah. sleep and undress. Um, so, yeah, yeah um, George was not ready to cross over into a new life. He okay. he was kind of a miserable spirit. And mm. um, in his case, I, I could clairaudiently hear him. That's not always the case, but mm-hmm. I'm really glad I could because he definitely needed to go. He was not, um, he was sapping the energy of that woman very specifically, but probably yeah. also the building in general. Yeah. And uh, it, because he had lived there, he felt entitled to the space. He oh, felt sure. like, I have every right to be here. I lived here too. And in yeah. fact, the curtains in her living room were hung by him during his uh, physical life. Oh. So, yeah, he was just like, well, this is still my stuff. And I'm like, guess what? You can't use this anymore. You have to go. 
you know, yeah. what you're doing isn't right and you know it. Like, you know you're invading on her privacy. Did you know? he ever get physically abusive? Any complaints about that? Nope. No? No. Luckily, no. no. Uh, he he was not the type of entity that was touching and or moving objects. He, he was uh-huh. either he didn't want to or he was just a voyeur. Maybe, gotcha. but yeah, just kind of a, a voyeur. Dirty old he guy. was a voyeur. Let's leave it at that. He's kind of a dirty old guy. I gotcha. Um, so did we've explained this before? There's residual hauntings and intelligent hauntings. Correct. So this would be what you would say intelligent because he's not yes. showing up at three o'clock in the morning every time at the no. bedside. And no. oh, oh okay. no, intelligent. Yeah, yeah. No, he was That's... very, very much a um, an aware. He was he was an interactive. Mm. I use residual and interactive when I talk about ghosts, but yeah, same yeah. idea. He was yeah. he was an interactive. So I don't let know me how ask intelligent you he was. I, I don't, that might be a, too much of a compliment, <laughs> George. You old. Uh, anyway, how, what do you think? I always ask this to all my guests. What do you think is worse? And I don't mean worse in the sense of like, it's really bad or whatever, but would you rather have a residual haunting in your house or an intelligent haunting? Which you think would be like, if you had to deal with it, which one? Oh, I, I don't, I don't see why a residual would be a problem at all. Um, I, I think okay. you would just get used to it. You know, um, it, it, you're assuming also <laughs> that I could see or hear it, right? Um, yeah, I. It, it would be lovely not to have a residual that somebody getting murdered at 3 a.m. every day. I don't necessarily want to see that right. over and over. Yeah, right, right, but, right. You know, I could probably rearrange a little bit and and move and let them do their thing. But yeah. um, I understand that a residual is just a, like a scar on time space. It's nothing personal. They're never going to change. It's it's like having, I mean, I have a scar on my hand right here from a curling iron. It's, it's never going to go away. I'll always remember yeah. that day that I was rushing to curl my hair. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it just is what it is. Uh, yeah. So I don't take those kinds of hauntings very personally. Some of them are tragic, to be sure. Um, there's yeah. a space in Ellicott City, Maryland, where I give ghost tours that um, there was a, a young man who got shot in the back and fell down a staircase. Mm. And that is the residual. It is when he gets shot and falls. I mean, it's a really terrible way to kill someone. They were, you know, mm, <laughs> shoot yeah. them in the back. Um, and yeah. it was a military situation, so it wasn't exactly honorable. But um, poor guy. Um, yes, he shows up in the same staircase, getting shot in the back over and over. But it's not an it's not an interactive haunting. It never changes. It's been that mm-hmm. way for over a hundred years. Yeah. But the interactive spirits can be something else. Yeah, Some other right. totally different uh, ball of wax. You know, you hope you get one that's friendly and, and in a good mood. Um, yeah. Or that's even useful. Um, I Yeah, there you go. With, within my ghost tour, uh, within my ghost tours, there are actually quite uh, helpful spirits that are very yeah, benevolent. Yeah, so- Speaking of um, ghost tours, why don't you share some stories from that? So that's a good segue. Sure. <laughs> so um, there's a space where I give ghost tours in Pennsylvania, and there's um, a, a housekeeper who will, uh, who's you know, the space is now an arcade. Um, it was an apartment building when she was the housekeeper there. And okay. um, she will wake up sleeping employees, and you hear a vacuum running. <laughs> and I was just like, this is the kind of haunting that every business needs. Every business needs a ghost <laughs> housekeeper who will keep the employees yes. in line and make sure they're not literally sleeping on the job. 
and yeah. uh, keep keep the place clean. What what? Yeah. This I I feel like if if this is what people's ghost experience is, they'd be like, I'm in favor of it. This sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. We had a I had a guest on just just uh, episode ago where there was a uh, ghost in his laundry room, and I said, <laughs> Well, as long as he's doing the laundry, what's the what? <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah, and he says no. He wasn't doing the laundry, unfortunately. Yeah, I wouldn't mind but, that at all. <laughs> but yeah, there's another um, really helpful ghost in Ellicott City, Maryland, and uh, she's called the Cooking Ghost. And uh, she works in what's now a law library. It used to be a residence. She was the cook there. So there's no kitchen in the space anymore. It's a law library, but um, there is a coffee maker. And frequently, yeah. the, the people who work in that law library will come in in the morning, and the space is tidy, and the coffee is made, and no one has been there. Like, there's fresh coffee in the wow. pot. And I'm like, I don't see why anybody would have trouble with a haunting like that. Now, occasionally, they're spooked because they see her. And yeah. like she'll be, she'll be sitting in a rocking chair that's not there rocking, looking out the window. And I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. can you deal with that for the fact that she also makes your coffee yeah. and cleans up? Like, I think that's that's a fair trade. Absolutely. So, yeah. Have you ever on any of your ghost tours? Have you ever had a um, something not bad happen, but something like out of the ordinary oh, yeah. that was like affected maybe you and the people you were with? Um. So I don't startle too easily. Um, uh, I'm, 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 I'm guessing no. <laughs> yeah, I don't startle too easily, and I have interacted with lots and lots of spirit entities in my lifetime. Uh-huh. So, and there are some that are very familiar to me. So I, I, I'm almost disappointed when they don't show up, <laughs> but, um, I'm like, seriously, where were you? I was here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I have another practice that you might find eccentric, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, yeah, I like ahead. to go out before my tours and stop at the buildings where I know I'm going to be telling ghost stories and let the ghosts know we're coming. And say, oh, like, you know, yeah. um, so Betsy, for example, at one of the buildings, I say, you know, Betsy, I, I'm bringing some folks by tomorrow night. I, I just wanted to let you know we'll be here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you don't have to show up in the window or anything, but I just wanted you to know we're coming. Nice. And then, you know, when I close up my tours for the year, which is where we're at right now, it's winter time uh-huh. and ghost tours are over. Okay. Um, we're in the, you know, the off season. I, yeah, I yeah. usually swing by all the spaces and I tell my ghost, like, I won't be back for a while. Um, it's nice. not because we, we don't want to talk about <laughs> you. It's just because tourists don't come at this time of year. So sure. have a good winter and I'll be back and visit you again soon. So that's really cool. That is a really nice way to kind of end up with that because I know during COVID, what the biggest thing for people was, and you maybe heard some stories. So that people who are stuck at home, they knew mm-hmm. their houses was haunted. Was right? Was kind of like, oh man! Suddenly now they I guess spend a lot of time with that ghost. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ghosts were probably also like, "Why are you here? Go, yeah, go away! Right. This is this yeah, is my house awesome. during the day when you're at work." Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm guessing, just because of your history and all the things you've talked about, Rissa, that you haven't had. Have you ever had an experience where something really shook you? Like, you know, cause you said you don't get shaken very easy, but was there any a time where you were just really shaken by something, whether it be mentally, physically, or both? So I have encountered a shadow person. Mm. Um, I'm sure you know the stories of them. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, I was a child and I knew it was not a good thing 
but I was a very <laughs> precocious little girl. And uh, as it was yeah. trying to interact with me, I remember saying like, why would I make that deal with you? I really don't understand. You yep. know, and <laughs> I think I eventually annoyed it so much by asking so many questions <laughs> that it finally yeah. walked through the wall and left. But I knew mm. that it was different from the other spirits. Yeah. I, it looked different. Sure. It felt different. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, it, I look back sometimes and I'm like, I can't believe I, I just kind of like <laughs> annoyed the crap out of that dark entity <laughs> and uh, finally made it go away. But um, I guess that was one way to go. And yeah, so, yeah. go ahead. No, no, no. Keep on going. I, I'm just curious about the, how this, how this ended <laughs> or what you, what you did with it. Well, you know, I, I never come back. Um, and I do give ghost okay. tours at places where I know there are shadow people, but I haven't witnessed one. Um, okay. I, I actually had a medium tell me that because, <laughs> so I, you know, I wear all black a lot and I definitely would fall into a goth girl category, but okay. let me tell you, I definitely am a cheerful, upbeat person as well. Um, <laughs> The spirits that tend to like me and to linger with me tend to be really positive and upbeat as well. And I think that I attract that. And I also treat all spirit entities with respect. Mm -hmm. I don't walk up to the building and start banging on the door. Um, I have had people do that on my ghost tours. And I'm like, you need to step back. First of all, that is a historic building and private property. Stop immediately. Yes. Um, so I did go on a ghost hunt one time um, with a group and some of the folks on it were incredibly disrespectful and to the mm. point where some of the guests were crying. And I, I just don't think that's the right way to treat anybody. It doesn't matter if they're no. in this realm or the next, like yelling at people yeah. and banging on walls and doors is yeah. really not a respectful way to communicate with anything. So, Absolutely not. Um, yeah. And I was like, I understand the idea to walk in and, um, put out an energy that you're in charge, but you don't have to do yeah. that. You don't have to raise your voice to do that at all. Because yeah. I know when they handed me the reins, then they were like, Oh, this is coming so easily to you. I was like, yeah, I just mm-hmm. apologize for how rude you were. And I said that if they want to have a respectful conversation with me, I'm yeah. open. Yeah. And it went That's much more right. smoothly. I think yeah. that, you know, imagine you're a, an intelligent interactive entity uh-huh. and you're, for whatever reason, either choosing to stay in a space or stuck yeah. in a space. Because I think right. there are both situations. Yeah. Um, would you want someone to treat you rudely? Probably Absolutely. not. No. Yeah. So I think that part of my approach is just that I, I don't enter in assuming the worst. I enter yeah. in assuming rapport. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know why. That it, it seems to work pretty well. I'm, I walk in with confidence and I assume rapport. Yeah, yeah that is great. Uh, have you ever witnessed, you said a little bit about people being, unfortunately, obnoxious and rude and disrespectful. Yeah. Have you ever witnessed where someone did that and then kind of got their comeuppance, if you want to say, kind of got retaliated against? I have stories about it. I didn't personally witness it. Um, okay, I do great. know of a ghost uh, in, in Maryland that has pushed people downstairs. Ooh. Um, yeah. Not, if... not, it isn't George. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no George, George, was, George was actually in Pennsylvania. Um, okay. Yes. The George right. was a pretty disrespectful spirit. But um, yeah, um, as far as spirits go, there is a spirit at one of the museums where I occasionally give talks that if you mm. are 
being bad, like say a child in a school group, it'll give yeah. you a push in the back. It wow. will it will let you know or scratch okay. you. Yeah. It will say like stop now. Uh-huh. <laughs> this this is my yeah. place and you're right. you're disrespecting the the integrity of the space. So you need yeah. to straighten out yourself out. Um wow. okay. there is an there is an entity that's considered kind of a dark entity um in mm. one of the spaces where I give tours and I haven't personally encountered it. I've been in the space. Mm-hmm. It didn't come out for me, but, um, which honestly, like I said, doesn't surprise me all that much, but, yeah. um, that said, it has pushed people down the stairs. It has, mm-hmm. uh, it actually, <laughs> it pushed oh a construction worker down and he needed stitches across his neck because, mm. uh, he was, he was bleeding across his neck when yeah, this yeah. spirit entity, uh, I guess it did not like the construction that was going on there. Um, <laughs> Sure. So yeah, that's uh, that's a thing too. A lot of times, spirits don't want you to change their house. No, 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 they, <laughs> they don't. Like the way things like, are, right? Yeah, just like you're saying with George. Like if the women would have came in, they ripped it everything down and started, I don't know, doing whatever. You know, putting on fresh paint, ripping down walls, renovating the kitchen. You know, it's like, hey, 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 this is my stuff. You, you're right. screwing around with that, and that obviously right. there's a lot of stories with that. So. Wrapping up here, mm-hmm. I, uh, oh man, I could talk to you for hours, Rissa. <laughs> You're amazing. Well, you can always have me back another time if you like. I will have you back. I guarantee you I'll have you back another time <laughs> because we could talk another hour. Um, but let me ask you this. Favorite cryptid? Do you have one off the top mm. of your head? Favorite cryptid? Oh, <sighs> I, I do love the chupacabra. Ooh, it's, chupacabra. Uh, chupacabra. Yeah. Chupacabra is a new cryptid, um, as cryptids yeah. go. But, Can you please uh, explain I, that to my spooky friends who may not know what Chupacabra is? <laughs> oh, sure. So Chupacabra is a cryptid that uh, was first sighted in Puerto Rico in uh, the 90s. So mm. Chupacabra is a new cryptid. And uh, Chupacabra is the goat sucker. It is a vampiric cryptid it does live in the category of vampires as well because it Mm. literally sucks livestock dry of blood yeah now it has migrated with people across the world actually and Mm -hmm. um so uh, up here in the uh, mid-atlantic uh we there's actually police reports now of chupacabra sightings i have not personally seen one but um, I absolutely love the artwork. And sometimes they're very small, like the size of a dog or a coyote. And sometimes they're large and they have wings and they're, they're quite wild looking. They look right, like beasts. Right. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, if you love the idea of a chupacabra, Netflix did do a children's movie about chupa, right. which is a baby yeah. chupacabra. And it's yes. absolutely adorable. And it will make it you is. fall in love with chupacabras. Yes, you Because, yeah. of course, you know, spoiler alert, the, the baby chupacabra is super cute and saves the hero. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I do love a chupacabra. Um, and I love the fact that it's such a new cryptid and yet it's already been endeared to hundreds of thousands of people. Um, yeah. Maybe not the people who um, believe it is the culprit for killing their goats, but um, yeah. maybe not them. They're not endeared to it at all. They're not to but, it, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, even though I've definitely um, collected many, many cryptid stories from eyewitnesses, yeah. I have not yet personally experienced a cryptid. Yeah. Yeah. Neither, neither I'm open I. to it. They just haven't yeah. shown up for me. 
Yeah, neither have I. Uh, we here in Wisconsin have the Beast of Bray Road. Uh, the many, yes, you many do. stories the about werewolf it. Type. it, it werewolf yeah, dog yeah, man. it's kind yeah. of a were, right, kind of a werewolf and stuff. But people have done numerous documentaries on it. There's been sightings. There's been a lot of stories. Uh, one I've of these seen the days, movie, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fun. Uh, one of the things too. Also, we have some serpents. Uh, mm-hmm. In the lakes, we also have, um, well, the Michigan dog, man, that's in Michigan, but we have something similar um, because mm-hmm. if you go up north in Wisconsin, just like, you know, in your uh, well, area, if you go up anywhere up in the woods in northern wherever, there's going to be woods usually and just a lot of area for maybe, who knows, right? And, you know, Bigfoot's still going to be the grandpa of everything. That's always. Gonna be, always. And yet, always you know, going to be the um, grandfather. I think that some of the other cryptids that um, that are just as old as Bigfoot, but maybe don't get as much press, are the sea and lake monsters, as well as the large yes. flying birds, like the Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They go back to native lore. Just, I mean, right. the Bigfoot goes back to native lore as well, of course. But um, there are others, too. There are others that are just as old, but for whatever reason, they haven't captured the public's imagination yeah. in the same yeah. way. Yeah, like we have a serpent in a lake. Um, that's supposed to be similar to kind of Loch Ness Monster, kind of similar to that. Also one in Devil's Lake uh, here. Um, that's It's shaped like a devil's horn, so that's the only reason they call it Devil's Lake. It's nothing to do with the devil at all. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Rissa. I'm definitely going to have you back because I have 8 million other questions to ask you. <laughs> Different <laughs> topics and history, and so I didn't get to them. Because, like I said, I could talk to you for hours. But let me ask you this. If people were to get a hold of you, you know, what would you say to them if they were reaching out to you? Like, what's the best way? And what, you know, kind of what you could help them with, maybe? I don't know. You tell okay. me. Yeah. Um, so the best way to find me is my website. It's teaandsmoke.com. Like, everything's spelled out. Tea, like you drink, and smoke. Um, like from a sage bu- a bunch, right? So yeah. I have a website. Uh, from there, you could find me on YouTube and in, um, Instagram. And I, I'm not always super fast, but I answer questions. I always answer reply. I always reply if you have a question. Um, and that also that website will lead you to where I give talks and ghost tours, as well as how to get a tea leaf reading if you want one, which I do most of them remotely. Yes. Uh, amazing please i will put this all in the show notes and everything please reach out to Rissa. she's amazing i can tell already we're gonna be spooky friends we're gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> and i'll definitely have you back on the show to talk about some folklore which i didn't get to some history uh maybe some occult stuff so Absolutely. again thank you so much uh thank it, you, it's been great having you on the show are we always in the show two ways different ways one say hi to your ghost hello ghost because you never ghosts. know you might have a ghost there and then stay spooky thank you so much Rissa. thank you have a great day